So up next on the You Ain't Enough Yet podcast, I have a woman that has travelled the length and breadth of Ireland and gigged in many places as well, also across shores and seas. From RTE to the BBC to UDV, she is no stranger to the limelight and has a plethora of songs under her belt. Armed with a guitar and a voice that many would kill for, this individual appears to be able to do it all. And did I mention, I could be wrong, but I think she's also a nurse. What an absolute legend. Kira O'Neill, how are you? I'm very well, but you're wrong. I'm wrong, I'm okay. Nur- I'm not a nurse. You're I'm not a, a nurse. You're a re- oh, sorry, sorry. My mistake, my mistake, my mistake. Not that anything wrong with the nurses. Absolutely not. I love nurses. I work with them, but no, I'm a radiographer. Fair play. And you know what? I did, I think there, there might have been like a selfie or something that I've seen in your socials from, I, I am guessing COVID times, or I can't really remember. And mm-hmm. I think I've seen radiographer or something, you know, you know, the way it's, it's knitted into your, your pinafore or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that, that is my mistake. God damn it. We'll, we'll blame, <laughs> we'll blame the research department for that one. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> so tell me just for, and for anybody that doesn't really know you, who are you? What are you about? What's your crack? Yeah. So uh, my name is Kira um, O'Neill and I'm from County Armagh and yeah, I'm a singer songwriter. I've been doing this for quite a while now. I've released a couple of albums, an EP last year, and I'm working on another one, which should be coming out at the end of this year. Yeah, music's a really big part of my life. Um, I also work in healthcare. It's a busy life, but um, yeah, music is a big part of it, and it's definitely given me some amazing experiences um, along the years. I, when I was writing questions to ask you and sort of different things about this thing you might have done or this song or this... There was a question that I've had very at the bottom of the list, but now it's just come in my head. I'm going to have to ask you now early on. For somebody who loves folk music, loves trad music, you probably understand light years more than I do about the importance of the passing down songs and putting your own spin on it. Did your love, where did your love of music come from? Did it come from a relative that was sort of into more, you know, that sort of folk genre of things? Was it, were you, were you a big fan of Britney Spears and you just, this, you know, <laughs> what was the. Hey. Yeah, I was a big fan of Britney Spears. Yeah, 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 yeah true. <laughs> who true. wasn't? Who wasn't? I, I know, no. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I definitely, um, music was, uh, was a big part of growing up. Um, I don't come from a particularly musical family, but my mm. dad is a big music fan. And um, growing up, I was always kind of in, immersed in music and he was always listening to albums by John Prine and Chris Christopherson and all of their great, the real country greats. Yeah growing up um so I would have always kind of had that and then obviously a lot of like um Irish folk music would have been kind of part of that as well so a lot of that was in the house growing up so definitely it was immersed as a young age and then when I was in school um it was kind of one of those things where the teacher found out you were you could sing so you were immediately forced to join the choir (laughs) (laughs) you you were recruited and you could not leave so that was it you if you Mm. have any type of voice and this is from primary school onwards you have to be in the choir. And I actually got a lot of it. You know, I think probably that was a huge influence as well. Just, you know, learning how to sing and learning mm-hmm. how to control your voice and, you know, protect your voice and things like that. And I ended up going and getting classical um, singing les- lessons as well in school. And, you know, I sang a lot of the songs like from the, you know, um, different like musicals and, you know, things like that. But um, also folk music, for Irish folk music and um mm-hmm some of the Shano singing and those songs were always a huge part of growing up and I still love them to this day you know I think um, Irish folk music is just it's just seeped in so much history and mm. 
um, beauty and the, the nature and the landscape but kind of goes in with that as well and I've just always really connected with that you know. I always tell people who are perhaps unfamiliar with sort of trad or Irish folk music or, or that anything in that bracket or in that you know very sort of multifaceted thing that it, it reaches in and touches your soul would you agree with that? Yeah, like absolutely. I think any type of folk music does, no matter where it's from, you know, every country has its own um, version. And I think just because it's 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 so old and it's ancient, you know, it's passed down through like hundreds of years and and generations and like and lyrics change as the as the you know, as the that it's as it's been passed down through yeah. the generations and things like that. It's just always so so interesting and and things like the landscape of the country it's from is seeped in and, you know, just everything and gender and kind of how, you know, kind of the male female relationship and that dynamic. And it's also it's all it's all there within those songs. Mm. Um, and I think that's what's so special about folk music. I think I've seen somewhere as well that and you, like many other creative people, keep a songbook. Is that correct? You know, yeah. You... Yeah, I've got a few. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would I be right in saying that that these are like living diaries for artists um, that, you know, when you're writing music that you're bringing in your personal experiences and your emotions. So I suppose my real question is what influences your music? Is it what's happening on the news, you know, on the other side of the world? Is it with your your close family? Is it? Oh, everything, you know, I definitely, yeah, songbooks, you know, um, our way of I suppose just kind of jotting down your ideas and lyrical ideas and kind of little I'm a big reader and I'm always kind of writing down like cool interesting sentences or lines from books and I put that in my phone or in my song books or whatever and Mm. you know just always documenting and kind of I think as a songwriter as well you're always kind of looking at the world around you and you're trying to find you know something in the mundane you know yeah. I think the simplicity of that is really important and I've always I learned that a lot actually from going to Nashville and um kind of writing with these are kind of career songwriters that they go and they they sit and they're like right gotta write three songs today you know yeah. and it's like you have to you have to see like a, an idea for a song and like just every normal everyday life mm. but yeah I, but then again obviously things that are going on in your personal life and um any troubles that you're having or you know music for me and songwriting is definitely a therapeutic way of kind of jotting down what's going on in my life and trying to make sense of things um and yeah and and also yeah I suppose what's going on in the world as well so all everything and all of that all of the above it all kind of finds its way and it's just um, it's just a matter of you looking at the world in a way that you're able to see kind of beauty in it and something that you could potentially make something from nothing you know okay yeah fair play it takes a creative mind the only thing I'm good at is talking (laughs) do you know what I mean so and that's uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) but uh, you mentioned being in Nashville so I want to bring you all the way back to 2015 I think it was 2015 Um, and you know Trump hadn't been president at this stage if you referred to a lockdown people thought it was something to do with a prison um, but you played <laughs> in Nashville, the music city you were in, and you, or you played in the Bluebird Cafe. Um, mm-hmm. And the greats have been in the audience and have, and have been on the stage. You know, Johnny Cash, Donna Summers, Garth Brooks, to name but a few, and loads of just uh, like how, like, just, like, is there, is there, like, 
is there an energy? Is there a goosebumps? Is there a weird feeling? What? How did that? Like, you know, if you can put into words yeah. that feeling. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It, there was a there's an energy in the room that's mm. like nowhere I've probably ever been. It's 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 incredible space, and you know anybody that's been to Nashville, it's like that's the epitome. I swear, like it's the tiniest little place. It's so small. It holds maybe, would it even hold like kind of. 60 to 80 people maybe you know it's very very small but like everybody has played there you know Dave Grohl has played there yeah, you know yeah. every everybody is you know and it, and it was just incredible um to get the opportunity to play there like you know a few times and mm-hmm. you know they do in the rounds so you're kind of in the middle of the 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 crowd so the audience are kind of sitting around you and you're just oh, in this little yeah. circle right, right. in the middle and um how does that feel song around it's really intense because you're mm. there the whole you're you're up there for the whole of the show so you yeah. say, say the show is an hour and a half you're there like in the middle of it for the entire time and I was I'm working with a publisher out there and um I got the opportunity to do an in the round with a few of the songwriters from this publishing company and I it's so funny because they go in and they're like you know so I've had, you know, this was the number one hit for Randy Travis and this was the number one hit for Garth Brooks. And, and there's me sitting there going, so I wrote this song in my bedroom about a year ago. And <laughs> so I felt very, in one way, very out of place and almost that I like imposter syndrome. But on the mm. other hand, I was like, wow, like what an experience to, to be here and to, to feel like I'm I'm here and I, I deserve to be here. And, yeah. you know, it's like, it just was a really lovely um, experience and everybody was so friendly and it was just, yeah, it was a really lovely um, moment actually, you know, looking back, I just, you know, I'm so grateful for that opportunity because it definitely made me feel like, yeah, you know, music is something that brings so much joy into my life and just really incredible life experiences that you just wouldn't get any, any, any other place you know so it was a it was a really fun time <laughs> play. I'm very jealous like I'm so, yeah. <laughs> I'm so even just to be in the crowd or to just to be surrounded by talent and you know yeah. it, it 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 for me I just think it's it's, it's quite mind-blowing but I want to you know sort of get into some of your tracks um and now I'm rebuilding although I'm desperately sad so the final words from the first <laughs> song from you de- from your debut album uh, Ebony Trail. Ooh. It sounds to me there's an acceptance. There's a perhaps you know there's a rebuild and you know that there has to be a move mm. on. Um and that there's a deep hurt, but that you you maybe there's a the realization that you can't sit in this deep hurt for so long. You know, mm. when, when whether it's a death or whether it's a breakup or whether it's something like that. So without putting words in your mouth, if you're happy to tell me what the song's about, is there... Yeah. Gosh, you did de- delve into the archives, didn't you? <laughs> um... I mean, after my first debacle, I was not going to come ill-prepared. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny when I look back at that that album, The Ebony Trail, as a, as a whole, you know, and particularly that song as well. That song was, you know, it was the title track of the album. And, mm. you know, I, I definitely look back... Um, that album for me was like like pure kind of healing you know it was just um at a time in my life where I was just going through a really tough time um and music was the only thing that I could kind of use to help me you know it was the one thing that I could really use to kind of just drag me back out from where I was and you know um I went into the studio and I just 
started recording and at that point I had no intention of releasing any of those songs like it was a pure just therapeutic experiment really you know um and I wanted to go in and just I suppose just kind of put the songs down and record them in a way that I I I could kind of work around in my head you know just I always wanted to kind of work in a studio and 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 you like have strings and I, I just really kind of like lay down this like really creepy little world that I was kind of I suppose living in at the time like I was yeah. just um living in a pretty dark place mm-hmm. and uh, in, in my head and I used music to kind of help me you know come out of that and it really worked and it helped and my life is like completely and utterly different now and um I didn't expect to release that album but people were hearing it and were like you know you should put these songs out like they're mm-hmm. really good and you know they're they're there's a lot of potential there and I think people will like them and you know so I did put it out and um I was quite uncomfortable because the songs are quite raw and like yep. some of the lyrics they're quite you know like putting a word like desperately sad in a song you kind of uh, when you realize that you're going to actually have like people hearing it you mm. I might have thought differently <laughs> about <laughs> some of the like the lyrical choices I suppose that was the kind of the the song that that was just what I was feeling and like I, it's it's true you know it's mm. like I was just I definitely just felt like I was trying to I was being honest in the songs um and like, my parents were kind of like is everything okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Heard it, Do, you know. Would you like to tell us anything? Or would you like to have a conversation? Okay? <laughs> well, I mean, like obviously they knew that there was stuff going on, but yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. It was a, it was an experiment in the studio, and I ended up releasing it, and I'm so glad I did. You know, mm. some people still like contact me about about those songs and say, mm. "Oh, I really like that," and I don't really play those songs live anymore because I don't connect with them the same. Yeah, I'm just not yeah. in that place, mm-hmm. and I just don't feel like I I. I want to play them live. Uh, Sometimes okay. I would kind of think about maybe going back, but um, and kind of relearning them and maybe trying to, you know, change them a little bit. Mm. Or, but I kind of feel like it's just it's there. It's, it's there, yeah. And it's there if people want to listen to it, go and listen. And you know, I don't know if I'll ever play them properly Fair live play. again, though. But... <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. That was that was that was lovely. That was it was really nice. So, mm-hmm. um. I want to go into 2018 and you release the album Arrow. Okay. Um, I'm correct in saying that. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. There you go. I was second guess myself here. here you know? <laughs> <laughs> doing well. Uh, doing well. <laughs> the second track, Hurting. Beautiful, beautiful track. Thank you. And now, I've got to ask you, are you a fan of John Lennon? John Lennon? I John mean, Lennon. yeah, he is. Isn't a fan of John Lennon. Every, yeah. You know, I wouldn't like be, I wouldn't say he would be a hero or anything, yeah, but, yeah, but... Um, I am a fan of the Beatles and I'm a fan of their songwriting. And and yeah, like absolutely. John I, I, Lennon is incredible. Well, I think I'm nearly certain. And now I remember thinking this at the time three weeks ago. So three weeks ago was a long time in any of thinking this song reminds me so much of John Lennon's song called God. It's a beautiful, okay. beautiful tune. It's the first line is it like um, God is a concept of which we measure our pain, right? Mm. Beautiful opening line, very in there, but uh, it's it's a beautiful. So just because I could hear that, I could hear that, um, you know, the, the feeling, um, and also some of the the the, the song in that. Can you tell me what that song is about? 
Yeah, so um, I actually don't know that song, God. I have to listen to yeah. that now, actually. It's, it's beautiful. Um, I, it's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have to listen. I, I wrote that song, actually, in Nashville. That was one of the songwriting trips I was over with. And I actually wrote it with a couple of um, songwriters from Nashville. Um, a guy called Drew Ramsey and Alex Zimmerman. And we were just kind of throwing out a few ideas and had kind of come up with this the, the first couple of lines I think and you know we ended up like kind of just hashing out like an idea and it's basically from the perspective of someone who realizes the other person wasn't the problem you know and it's that I suppose that self-awareness in the song where it's like um and I definitely could on I, I definitely was feeling that and I, I could understand where it was coming from and things like that so you know I think we a lot of the times we tend to put blame on the other person and whatever in terms of like relationships or breakups or anything like that and I think sometimes it is important to just look back at yourself and you know the mm-hmm. things that you contributed as well so from the perspective of when you realize maybe you weren't completely innocent and yeah <laughs> I, 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 I'm maybe currently going through something like that myself at the moment so um, okay. before this turns into a back and forth therapy session well, there we go <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah fair play well again thank you to move on to I suppose last year you know you get the nominated for RT Radio 1 Folk Award I'm trying to I'm trying to like put into words how I how I feel this stuff it's like it's just it's just I, I, I know on a on an audio platform what I just done doesn't help at all. But for anybody that's listening, it's, it's like, just like elevating or something. But like like nicely, yeah. if you know the way you see um, do you know the way you see a feather dropping to the sky and it goes from left, right, left, right? Do you imagine yeah. that, but on the opposite, going up the way? Oh, that that's okay. the way I feel. La Lunas. Oh, that's lovely. You know, like first of all, how did that feel to get that recognition to be nominated? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, the RTA thing was, oh, it was an incredible experience. I got mm-hmm. nominated for Best Emerging Artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was just, it was a real, sh- it was a surprise. I didn't expect it at all. You know, right. RTA had been very, very good to me in the last couple of singles. They played, they played them quite a lot on their shows. And La Lune was included on the RT recommends list for a while and you know sorty were very very good as have radio ulster like the two two stations in particular have really supported me mm-hmm. so yeah to get that recognition was just it was lovely um and it was just nice going down to the ceremony and just seeing the the buzz about the place and and i guess just kind of it, it was that i i did feel a, a, a imposter syndrome coming through that whole thing about the bluebird cafe i was okay. saying that imposter syndrome where you're yeah, like yeah oh do I you know do I deserve to be here and then I actually uh, I heard a quote around that the few days before the the ceremony because I was kind of thinking like what like what is going on and somebody had said you know if you get invited into the room you deserve to be there and I just thought that actually was like okay I've been invited so I just have to go with it and it definitely it helped and and it was lovely but at the end of the day we, we don't I don't do this to be nominated or to yeah. get any awards or I music is just it's just a part of me now and it's like whenever you get recognition it is it is really really lovely but it's not the motivation you no, know no. um and the La Lune song came about um I wrote it a couple of years before 
one really like it was a really late night and my neighbors were being melters <laughs> they would, they'd come in from a night out and they were being absolute melters and I couldn't sleep and I just started writing this song um I was actually doing a show based on all moon theme songs right and we were doing like it was like a cover show it was with me and Anthony Toner Matt McGinn and John McCulloch and we were uh-huh. doing a night of moon theme songs right and I kind of had the idea I'm going to write a song can I jump in and ask did anybody sing Man on the Moon by R.E.M.? No <laughs> I don't think so no <laughs> like no jacket was a strip like beautiful uh, folk night not you know <laughs> yeah yeah, it was really lovely. It was really, really lovely. But I wanted to write a song about, I just wanted to write something myself where it's some La Loon came out and it was, it literally came out in about two hours. It was one of the quickest songs I've ever written. And I guess I like to say, think of it as this little kind of song about, with some life advice, okay. the kind your granny would give you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Fair play. Fair play. You have a lot of songs. You've penned a lot. We can't go into every single one of them. Do you know what I mean? We're on a limited time here. Do you know, I've wasted enough of your time. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. But do you have a favourite? I always wonder, do artists, do you know, do they have a favourite song? Because, you know, if somebody, you know, if somebody keeps coming up to you and saying, oh, that track single you released, you know, it might get boring, do you know. Um, but is there is there a favourite track of yours? Like, you know, something that you, you would feel very comfortable maybe go back and listen to yourself or playing for somebody? Yeah, I mean, I think probably... You know, I do really enjoy playing La Lune and Hurting, you know, on mm. my normal, uh, my sets. Um, and I have a new song, actually. I, I have just two songs. So Arrow from my last album, that is like probably one of my favorites because uh-huh. it just, I just kind of, I felt I was able to capture what I was feeling that time. I was in Nashville. I'd gone over on a whim, didn't really know anybody out there. And I just, I wrote this song and it was just about like following your heart or following your arrow. And it might sound a little bit cheesy, but it was that kind of feeling that no matter where you go, you're going to find somebody that you connect with. Yeah, You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. And it was just that, like, just to have that trust and that belief in yourself and you can't really go wrong. So that's definitely one of the... um one of my favorite songs of my own and then I have a song on it's coming out I'm going to be releasing it as a single this year and I wrote it with Kieran Lavery he's an incredible songwriter from up here I just he's uh-huh. absolutely brilliant and um, we wrote this song um it's called Mother and I I feel like that is definitely up there with one of my favorites that that I've written um okay. yeah I'm excited for people to hear that that'll be coming out soon Fair play. I'm excited too you know, um, as I yeah. mentioned earlier on, John Lennon has a song called Mother as well. Fantastic. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's going to be suing me. <laughs> well, actually, he won't be. <laughs> <laughs> He's not coming it's, after you. <laughs> um, yeah, I think his, like, possibly his uh, estate may sue me or something. His estate, his estate. <laughs> his estate may sue me. Well, I suppose, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're, we're sort of coming towards the end here. Um. I want to, two things recently I've seen. Number one, you were at Lancome the other night. How was that? Raging, yeah. I wasn't there. It was so good. I had oh. been trying to get tickets for that for months because it was mm. sold out. And I eventually managed to get one on Marketplace, Facebook with Marketplace for double the price. Oh, and too. my friend Zara, her sister Charlotte, like met a man in a camper van in Mahara. <laughs> got that ticket for me. <laughs> so thank you, Zara. Thank you, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we um I did get the ticket. It was amazing. It was such an amazing venue or amazing concert. Um the 
the no- the crowd was very noisy though the audience are quite noisy mm-hmm. unfortunately which i'm sure you've there's been a few things yeah. kind of comments about that yeah but they were very gracious and they you know they played a blinder they're just yeah. so brilliant sometimes yeah. when you go to like a session you know and we'll we'll use like a pub for, for example and you know somebody's gonna you know play like I don't know, Miriam the Soldier or something, or Lakes of Ponza Train or something, you know, something that, a tune that a tunes that everybody know, but you need, you want a bit of silence because you want to mm. hear it, you know. It brings you back to the FLA a few years ago. Where were we at? Where was FLA was at? But we were at the back of this GA club and this old fella got up and he started singing a song, which I haven't heard anybody sing since then. The song was called um, In My Father's House. It was a beautiful track and because there was like three or four generations out in that smoking area and it was pretty bad, you know, so I can completely understand where you, you know, you wanted to hear the music or you wanted to hear, you know, and that can sometimes um, sort of affect, affect old vibe. But anyway, um, you also had a gig in the Sunflower and I was so hoping, yes, am I correct? Oh, yes. I was so hoping that I was going to get to that. And that was yesterday. Mm -hmm. However, my day was spent serving food to my Indian housemates. They'd never had mussels before. So I had oh, to. Oh right, I had okay. To, I had to treat them. I had to treat them. How did the gig go? It was lovely. It was really nice. The Sunflower is one of my favorite play- places to play. It really yeah. is. Like yeah. I've done quite a few shows there. I did a couple of headline shows there last year, and yeah, it's just such a nice vibe. And mm. it was an afternoon show yesterday, and it was just lovely. We kind of had the. It was myself, Connor McCann and um miles mccormick uh-huh. and it was just a really lovely little like folk show and yeah, yeah it was nice it is, it's it's such a bad it. isn't it like yeah, yeah. It really is okay well i suppose before i let you go we'll have to give you the quick fire round everybody gets the same questions um okay. or there are thereabouts nobody ever does them quick fire okay <laughs> there's never been anybody that's went do, 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 you know oh right um, okay so you know you're under no mad pressure at all so the first question <laughs> is if you were a drink alcohol or otherwise what would you be and people would say jack you're a pint of guinness because people pretend to like you so <laughs> okay <laughs> so so if you know yours can be a reflection of your personality it can be your favorite drink it could be anything at all some people Ooh. have said um, you know, random cocktails. Some people have said milk. Some people have said, you know, <laughs> yeah. the last person I interviewed said whiskey. Okay. So what? What? What drink? What is my favorite drink? Or what well, drink? If, do if I you were, if you were a drink, drink, if you were a drink, what would you be? <laughs> if you were a drink, what would you be? I'd, I would be a cup of tea because I am probably consistent of about seventy percent tea. <laughs> Let's face it, I drink about ten cups a day, so. <laughs> Probably tea. <laughs> Fellow teaholic over here, so yeah. you know what I mean. We're, 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 we're Irish, all good. and you yeah. know all of that. Know. <laughs> I it, actually it, bring. I, I've been known to bring tea bags with me, like on holiday. So do I. Do so do I. <laughs> so that's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought that one for my mum. To be fair, she was doing that for years, and I then done it as well. Yeah. But anyway, uh, if you had a superpower, what would it be? What would you do with? Ooh, the ability to calm my mind down at a moments notice okay. just like go just the ability to just switch my mind off and just ha- like just think of nothing okay i would love that <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, I, li- I like it especially in the just, world that we're in today it's you know yeah just to kind of just go just kind of like <laughs> have, have it like that for like yeah it'd be lovely <laughs> okay fair play um so the next one is sort of a newish enough addition 
your hangover food. What's your go-to? So you've been out in a mad night out. You've been you've been at the FLA for talk's sake. You're heading. To, you come back from Mullingar on the Monday. You're off the Monday Tuesday. Um, you've nobody to annoy you. You know, partners, friends, family, children. There's not annoy you, <laughs> and you're gonna get your hangover food. It could be a packet of crisps, bar chocolate. Could be a Chinese. Could be a pizza. Could be your ma's Irish stew. What what do you go for? So I have literally the worst hangovers. I I don't drink very much. And like whenever I do drink and I have a hangover, the thought of food, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how people can have a hangover and then like have a big fry. It literally takes me, if I'm on a really bad hangover, it takes me like an hour to eat a slice of toast. So <laughs> it would be like, like dry toast. Or dry something. toast. Like your head honestly, I like... Like honestly, I cannot like. I just don't understand people who have hangovers and then go and eat a Chinese. It's like what? <laughs> like I wish I was like that. I'm so not. I'm like no. Okay, just fair enough. Can't eat. <laughs> <laughs> I love. That's why I don't drink very much. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. You can go on a date with anybody, living or dead. Doesn't have to be romantic. But if it was me, it would be romantic. It would depend. You know what I mean? I'd find. I'm sure I'd find yes. somebody. Who would it be? Where would you go? What would you do? I mean, that is a tough one, actually. I mean, I'm a, a huge fan of Glenn Hansard. I think he's one of the best songwriters, show. and he seems like such a like somebody who's such good crack. Yeah, genuine as well. Um, and I think that you could actually just have like a real good, like have a drink with him and just like have a really good conversation. So I would think somebody, I think maybe Glenn Hansard. I think he'd okay. be somebody you'd have a good good crack night with you know good answer good answer I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm here for that answer i'm here for that one the final question the quick fire round i have a magic ball in front of me it's, instead of mystic meg it's mystic jack i haven't got a name for that yet um <laughs> <laughs> so you can play anywhere in the world you can be the headliner you can be at the bottom of the chart it could be a festival it could be an intimate gig in the sunflower it could be at the main stage at a fla it could be madison square garden um, or it could be in your local where you played your first ever gig or, you know, in mm. front of your music teacher, you know, or, or your old school. <laughs> what, where, what would that be? Oh, that's a really tough one. I mean, there's so many places you'd love to play. Um, mm. it, for me, it wouldn't be like, you know, like Wembley or any of those type of like yeah. performances. Do you know what actually would be really fun if they brought back Andiani's? <laughs> Yes, yeah, I've, like, I, I've never experienced it, but apparently it was Auntie like an institution. Oh my god, Antiani's was the best place ever, and I played my first gig there. I saw all I that was where all my first musical live experiences came from. I met all loads of friends there. Oh, that was definitely, and and now it's it's still there, like, but it, the building's there, but it's had about five different names since. And it would just be so cool to go upstairs and play a gig upstairs in Antiani's and Rem- just. Remind me where it was. Where I, I like, I'm not familiar. The with Dublin it. Road. It's in the okay. Dublin Road. Right, right. I'm not sure what it's called now. It was called the Bar with No Name. Possibly? Oh yes, I know where it's and at. It's now it five points. Five points, yeah. Five points. And I haven't been in it since it's been called Five Points. But yeah, it's still there. The building's there, but like, I don't know what it's like inside anymore. Um, but yeah, I have so many good memories of Auntie Annie's. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. So, well, look, that, would, that would be fun to play there again. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. We've been nostalgia as well. You know? We've been nostalgia. Yeah. So, Kier, before we let you go, um, plug everything you, you have in terms of your socials. Where can people find you? Where can we listen to you? Any upcoming gigs? All the usual crack. 
so yeah everything on social media just Kira O'Neill Music um, and you can find me on there I'll be releasing some new music this year um, working on it at the minute um, for new EP and singles and so definitely check out all the socials for those and any upcoming gigs I'll be posting there as well um, and yeah no it'll all be up there <laughs> well thank you very very much for chatting to me thank you so much for having me